Hey everyone, this is Shahar Boyan. You are watching Creativity in Focus, where we highlight a different artist every week so you can get to know what inspires them, their challenges, and what they create, of course. Today, I have a very special guest right from Canada, Beverly Oliwa. I may not be saying their last name right, but she is a fiber artist and we are going to talk to her a little bit now. I want you guys, if possible, to share this video with your friends. We have a lot of information and they are going to enjoy, I can assure you. Her pieces are really amazing and nobody wants to miss this. So take a second and share, we, you are on the Facebook Curious Mondo page. Share that now, I'll do the same here. And then we basically get started and Beverly will talk to you about a little bit of her story and how she got started and everything else. Okay, let me just try to share here. And don't forget, your participation is also crucial to us. So we appreciate your comments and questions. You can interact by putting in the, co in the comments for the video and I'll read and ask Beverly, how is that? So you can get to know even more about her, her not only the questions I have for her. Okay, with that said, Beverly, welcome to Creativity in Focus. Are you there? I am here, hello. It's Hi. <laughs> so how is the weather in Canada today? It's actually quite lovely today, Shahar. It's only like, uh, what, zero. It's like almost melting and stuff. So it's actually been quite good here today. Oh. So. <laughs> Beverly, I said you were a, a fiber artist. Is that how you call yourself? Uh, you know what? I, at, at the tender age of 60, Shahar, I became an artist. Mm -hmm. um, my story is really kind of a long convoluted one. I'm 63 years old, and I have done a lot of different things in my life. And uh, right from being a really little girl, I grew up in the farm and, and we used to, my mom would sell all my clothes, okay? Nice. And when I, I remember I had to go back to work. My, my child was young and it was time to go back to work. We didn't have a whole lot of money. And of course, in order for me to have a wardrobe to go working, I landed up um, making my own clothes, okay? Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh wow, Bev, that's so awesome. And I didn't even realize it was anything special. If, you know, so it was just really quite interesting to see how that all unfolded. And then I used to work for the federal government um, at a corporate job, and it wasn't a great job. And I landed up having to leave on stress leave. And the whole time I was getting ready to leave on stress leave, my thought was, what can I do? What can I do that would make my heart happy? And at that time, the sewing was something that I did. And I landed up going and doing a, a one-year class and became a tailor and a dressmaker and worked wow. in costuming, okay? And so that was fun. I really quite enjoyed that. But the problem is, of course, is when you're using your hands to earn your living, it was very stressful. Um, and while I did very, very well at it, it was really hard, okay? And so then I branched off and did some other things and just recently is when I've actually married the uh, married my my love of working with the fabric and deepening with fabric into doing uh, the powder pole art I had actually gone to a class uh, taken a class actually much what like what I'm going to teach uh, early in January Shahar 
and I fell in love with the medium. It was so much fun to work with. I was like, it was just amazing. And even with just taking that one class, I stepped out and, and had a lot of fun with it and made some gifts and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until um, we're 60, okay? So we're at that age, like, do we keep this house? Do we sell? And we had a whole bunch of decisions to make with regards to how we were managing our life but I didn't want to leave my house yet. And I landed up um, being at a trade show and uh, meeting the lady who teaches power pole in our local market here. And I'm like, ah, that's it. That's exactly what I can do is I can become an instructor. I will become a certified instructor. And, and just uh, in typical Bevalawa fashion, I, I had landed up meeting Brenda in December and by the end of and January 1st, we started our renovations in the room that we're in right now. And by the end of February, I was, had taken my class, finished the renovations, and was hosting my first class. And that was three years. It'll be four years in February. Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and since then, everything has run the way you planned or not? Oh, absolutely not, Shahar. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Things always, uh, just like today, I was supposed to be all beautiful and have my makeup on and my hair done properly. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like we're ready to go on. I'm like, what? I've messed up the time change. So. <laughs> um, but it's been interesting because what's happened is that, number one, I asked, well, Shahar, you're laughing at me. I can tell. <laughs> no, because I've been on camera many times without makeup for the same exact reason but I think you know in a in a in an age where we are living right now that we put a filter on every picture we take we we try to look you know soft the, the wrinkles and everything actually when we are who we are I think it resonates more with people so Absolutely. I don't see a big issue with that at all awesome well bless your heart Shahar because you are getting me Bev all one all natural today so <laughs> So it's been about three years that you've been giving classes, right? Do you also sell your art? How, how have you structured your business? Actually, that has been the absolutely amazing thing that has happened um, is that, well, at first I started teaching, and, and I do love the teaching aspect of it, but I absolutely love working with the medium. This medium is so versatile, and I love to be able to just, uh, like, if I'm having a really bad day, what I do is I come downstairs here, and I will, I get my hands dirty, and I make something, and it's just so amazing to watch this all unfold. And so what's happened in my business is that I've actually been able to associate myself with some of the galleries in town, and between art markets and things like that, I did try some craft markets and things like that, but certainly the art, art walks um, have been a better avenue for me to show my pieces. I've done some work on Etsy, and I'm, quite honestly, what I've had the best success with, and it's one of the reasons I'm so excited to be uh, you know, doing a class for you here at Curious Mondo, is because you certainly have um, mastered the online um, online promotion type of thing um my best success has been just to take a picture and put it on facebook and people are like oh my god Bev, that's so beautiful i want it they'll personal message me and i will sell my pieces even just online right off of facebook it's been an absolutely amazing medium for us to, to work, work with, with. so yeah. um, and 
what you said, social media is really becoming a huge channel for any artist, at least the artists that are comfortable using social media because of course we, ha we I have many friends that really don't like social media whatsoever, but the fact is it can become uh, inexpensive ways to market your business. But you touch on a point that I, I wanna revisit. So you said, that at the beginning you were doing craft shows and bazaars in your town and, and then you transitioned that more to gallery to art. So you went actually from uh, a craft to art. Tell me what made you decide that and how was your transition process in that? Okay. Um, and it was actually, and it, it was an awareness, okay, because basically what happened is when I was going to some farmer's markets, you know, because they had good crowds and they had a lot of different types of things, but the problem is, is that the farmer's markets, people come expecting to buy something for very little money. Mm -hmm. and, and quite honestly, my pieces, you know, my bigger pieces, I will, I go from anywhere from 125 to four or $500 for an art piece. And people are not going to those venues looking to spend that much money, okay? And with art as well too, what happens is that people make a connection to your piece, okay? So what, what, you know, it either kind of needs to go with what they have in their home or in their yard, in my case, type of thing. It needs to be something that they can see the attitude off of. Once that personal connection has been made, then of course they will certainly, you know, bring out their wallets type of thing and, and pay the price. And so it, it, was, it was hard. It was hard at the beginning to consider myself an artist, okay? Mm -hmm. and, but it was just through the exposure, through the exposure, being at some art walks with some very talented, talented people. And they would come into my booth and they would say, oh my goodness, Bev, that piece is amazing. I love the flow of it. And I'm like, love the flow of it, okay. I'm not quite sure what I did that's working so well on that, but it is. And it's just, it's something that I've now learned to trust the process while I'm working on these pieces. If I see something that I like, if I, and, and quite honestly, what happens in Powerpool a lot is that the pieces will create themselves. If you just pay attention while you're making them, it'll say, no, I want to sit like this, not like that. And, and it's those happy mistakes that really land up being, you know, the the intriguing thing of what we make in Powerpool. The the unique point about the piece. I have to read one of the comments we have here, Giselle Cabral. You do wonderful work, Beverly. I love working with Powerpool. Looking for your, forward to your classes. Oh, excellent. And I can see Giselle. Giselle is an amazing artist as well, too. We have some really extremely talented uh, people in the Pabrico world around the world. And, and I, I am not, I'm going to be very humble here, I am not one of the most artistic people uh, working with the Pabrico, but I am very comfortable with the social media aspect of it. Mm -hmm. and, and my goal really is, is to introduce people to this wonderful world of Pabrico. Um, I know any time that I've shared a picture in any type of art group, that heron, the heron that you used, for example, Shahar, to, to launch this. Which um, is gorgeous. Thank you. And, and that is actually in an artist's home that um, she's, it, it, goes, it looks absolutely beautiful in, Sabi in Sabina's yard. Um, but when people see that, they're like, what is that? What? You made it with T-shirts? And they're absolutely astounded. So we have a lot of work to do in the Powerpool world, period, just to introduce people to this medium. And I'm super excited to, you yes. know, to, 
to do this with you, Shahar. Um, the other thing that's happened as well, too, is we'll have a lot of people that'll take a class and they have great intentions of wanting to, you know, to do more. They'll buy a bucket of powder pull and take it with them. And then they get really intimidated mm -hmm. to try and do something on their own. So I think the fact that we're going to be able to do this online and have people work alongside with us, I, I'm super excited about it. That's I think cool. it's going to be really, really good. You know, I only worked once with a fab fabric hardener. I actually made a, a doll that was on a swing. Now, just for people that are not familiar, Paverpol is the brand name of a fabric har hardener. What really attracted you? So you were creating clothes before, which is, a, is very tactile, and you, you, know, you feel how soft the fabric is, the textiles. What made you really think, oh, this is fascinating. This is what I want to do. What about it really touched your heart? It, and I'm just going to show you rather than talk about it, Shahar. One of the things that I love is that I can take a T-shirt and create all of these drapes and folds in it and working with the different fabrics and things like that. And even just working with different weights of T-shirting, you can get such crazy fun things to happen with it and here's another I, I mean this this was a silk scarf at one time that had you know how some of those silk scarves have that really fun edge like like look at that isn't that amazing I and it's... and no two pieces ever the same as well too so it's one of the things that I just most appreciate about working with the powder pole and for me to be able to put that fold in that fabric and drape it and then for it to stay Mm -hmm. uh, is, is really, really what intrigued me the most. And, and, uh, and I mean, quite honestly, we work with very humble materials as well, too, because um, tinfoil and electrical wire is, our, is the armature that we're going to land up using. Mm -hmm. um, so so the, the shopping list of what we do with this medium is so very, very basic. And, and I'm sure just about everybody's got some of this in their house. And then the other thing that is so amazing that I absolutely love about this is we get to do a lot of upcycling and recycling. Uh, and again, just as an example, um, this is a broken earring that I've landed up using as an embellishment on my tipsy lady here type of thing. So I just, yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> it is, she's gorgeous. I, I see you. the image with a tiny delay, but for example, the one you were showing with the book, I think that piece is gorgeous. So basically that piece has wire as an armature, then aluminum foil, and then you, you cut t-shirts and wrap it, and then you put the, the fabric hardener, correct? Exactly, yeah. So once we've got the armature made, so I'm thinking our first class is going to, you know, the first day is going to be about making the armature and getting that all ready. Mm -hmm. And then what we do is we cut the t-shirting and we dip it in the medium and then we will wrap the body and seal it. It's really important that it's sealed so that the weather doesn't get it. And then once we've got it all sealed, what we're going to land up doing is dressing our piece and posing it so that it's going to, number one, that the pose is going to be pleasing, that the, uh, and it's going to be atomically correct. We're not quite as fine-tuned as the polymer clay art dolls are type of thing because they're a little bit more whimsical, mm -hmm. okay? Um, but certainly we still want to have correct proportions and that and, and have, and have a, you know, pose that is appropriate. 
and then what we're going to end up doing is dressing it and having some fun with that as well too. So. That's amazing. Tell me a little bit about the pink flamingo in in the back. <laughs> How long ago did you make that guy? Um, so the, uh, that is pretty in pink. Actually, I'm good. If, uh, I'm kind of connected here, so it's going to be hard for me to. But I'll show. I'll I'll send you a picture, Shahar, that you're going to mm -hmm. be able to uh, send along with it. Maybe if I just turn the camera over. There oh, we go. How about uh, that? What What if? Okay. Don't touch the camera. <laughs> okay. Let's show some <laughs> of the pictures the that now. we have of Is your work your here. Would that be okay? Okay. Okay. Oh, there um, we go. <laughs> oh, you have a fairy there. That's beautiful. <laughs> let, me, let me show some pictures of your work. Is that okay? okay? That piece is, her name is She's Hot, okay? And actually, um, that one is done with the black powder pole. And I've had some real, I've, I've had some interesting things in recycling and reclaiming. And I'm going to actually, in our bonus class, I'm going to talk about how I did that base on that because it's actually really quite fun. But the actual basic structure that we're going to be making in the class that we're teaching, Shahar, mm -hmm. is that lady, okay? Okay, and see, and, awesome. And, and again, part of her pose, uh, if, if you could see the back of her, you could see that her butt cheek is almost, hang, you know, is being almost exposed. Okay. And that's why, that's why she's just, woo. <laughs> Let's see the next one. a little bit shy right there. <laughs> Okay. All right. And so, oh, and that's one of my tipsy ladies. My tipsy ladies, and um, I have to actually give Joan Patridge from Kelowna uh, some huge uh, uh, accolades as well, too, because she was doing Diamond Divas, and she was, you know, doing wine bottle um, uh, ladies as well, too, and I had seen that. I fell in love with it, and one of the things that I like to do when I, when I, uh, see someone else's art is I will I try and figure out how it is that they've done it but I don't ask them I will create my own piece from it type of thing so um, and my tipsy ladies basically when I'm doing our art walks and things like that my tagline is I do art for your yard and art for your wine bottles and these of course <laughs> will turn a bottle of wine you know because a lot of times that bottle of wine is your perfect gift idea and it's totally it's totally something that people would love to have but it sometimes just doesn't seem to be enough um, so these tipsy ladies of course um, you know give that opportunity for it to be uh, that's a, a great gift yeah <laughs> okay I and think we have two more here's oh my favorite heron the heron yeah yeah that was her name is ruby because she's she's a red heron and uh, i was at an art walk actually and and sabina's uh table uh, booth was across the way from mine and she kept staring at it and staring at it and staring at it so um, it landed up finding a place in her home and when i saw it in her yard i'm like it, i know exactly why ruby had to go to your house because it looks so perfect there and those herons can totally be outside year round and quite wow. honestly, once we've done the basic beginner class, like I don't like to teach a heron class right to begin with because it's too intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, and that is um, is uh, Henrietta. And I, w I was an artist in residence at the gallery. So this. Huh. She's gorgeous, too. There. Uh, do you still have me? Yes, I have you. You, you did go out. Okay. The sound went out for a second. Yeah, uh, a call came in and I declined it. 
Um, so that's Henrietta, and I actually had an opportunity to be an artist in residence um, for three days, and it was so much fun because I was able to just, you know, work on an art piece and have people come and visit me, and and that and that's actually in the gallery as well too, and that's Marilyn, and oh. uh, again too, that's a basic beginner piece that we are doing, mm -hmm. just taking it to the next level, putting it on a fun base, and and quite honestly, I had done that base. And I'm like, I was checking with my, with my armature to see how it was going to work. And the armature had her legs, um, her arms just sitting out straight like that. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, she wants to be Marilyn. And so that was the inspiration <laughs> for that piece was to create Marilyn. So <laughs> that's my, part Happy of my diva birthday, collection. Happy <laughs> birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> okay, is this the last one? Yeah. And oh, oh no. Wine, Look at this. That's another wine collar um, that I've done just in the smaller price point. Because, of course, when we're doing art walks and things like that, you need to have, you know, something under that $50, $60 mark so that people will be able to enjoy. And I've developed the technique on the wings like that is something that I've kind of figured out on my own. And again, another little secret that I'm going to be sharing on the bonus class part of uh, just exactly how I was able to get that, um, to uh, you know, get those wings like that type of stuff. So. so Beverly, most of your pieces, they are meant to be garden pieces, right? So how, how long do they last? And I know in Canada, you have a very harsh winter. Can they stay outside? Absolutely, year round. As long as we've used natural fibers when we're constructing them, okay? So uh, a cotton or a silk or a wool, as long as, uh, you know, a paper and wood as well too, as long as we've used a natural fiber in the process of making it, what happens is the powder pole will get soaked right into that medium and it will cure. It takes two weeks to cure. And once it's been cured for two weeks, it can be outside year round. Wow. I have a Herod in my front yard now that's been there for his name is Augustus. He's one of the first pieces I ever made. Uh -huh. And it's been in my garden for over three years through the wind, the rain and the snow and the 40 below. And um, it actually has just weathered very, very well. So, yes, our pieces can totally be outdoors year round. Now, we do have some finishes that we do with a product called Artstone as well, too. Mm. And um, it's more like a powder that we do to create more of a granite type of look. And those ones can't go outside. So whenever I'm constructing something, I will totally let people know, yes, safe for outside, not looking, not safe for outside. Oh, look at my husband's on, online right now watching us as well. See? And Beverly, what usually inspires you before you start creating a piece? Where do you oh, get your inspiration? In so many places, Shahar. Sometimes I'll see an image and, and I'll just see something that I've, I've fallen in love with, with a shape or a color. Um, sometimes I, in that quiet time when you're going to bed at night, I will get an inspiration as well, too. It'll be like, oh... And in fact, I'm doing another artist in residence on Saturday, and I've got this crazy idea in my head. I hope I can pull it off <laughs> type of thing. Lots of times, too, even just from looking at other, other mediums of other work that's been done as well, too. I'll see, I'll see a shape. I'll see a color. Um, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, they just pop into my head, like that's seriously. They pop now, into I've my seen head. some figures, and I've seen some uh, birds. Are those the ones you usually tend to create, or do you go and try other things? Well, what are your favorites to sculpt? 
um, the herons, of course, have been my have landed up being my specialty. Um, Henrietta, the last one that I just created there, of course, is the one that, uh, and and they seem to be my most uh, prolific um, piece that I can sell easily. Mm -hmm. Okay, type of thing. So I certainly create a lot of herons in that. I've done some birds, a little bit of birds. I've done the hummingbirds as well too. And oh, let me just. Let me bring this into the, so this is another, again, this is a, a, this is tissue paper and transparent powder pole. And with just some of the techniques that I've learned in doing that butterfly. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do, I do a bit of birds. I'm actually, I had a student come and do a hair, you know, like a rabbit. Uh -huh. And that turned out really cool. So I think I need to, my students will push me along sometimes as well too type of thing and, and help me get better ideas. And sometimes I'll even just see an, a piece that another powder pole artist has done, like with the tipsy ladies. Just to and, try, yeah. And, uh, exactly. They never turn out exactly how it, what it is I'm copying, but they they create a life of their own. So you, you mentioned that this hummingbird, you use tissue paper to create? Yep, uh -huh. yep. How awesome. <laughs> There's a styrofoam ball in here and, and tinfoil, some masking tape, and then... It's a tissue paper, and mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah, you probably can here. Um, just all the different colors of, and yeah, some of the. Oh, yes, oh, Jack. Oh, I can. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So, and actually, Jack has brought another piece around here, the corny. The, uh, Jack, grid. the husband? Jack is my husband. <laughs> and oh, good, you can't see your face, so that's all yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is. This is another art piece that I have created here. I'm not sure if you can see it or not, but it's the old man, okay? And um, it, I literally landed up taking some chunks of wood and, an, you know, old, again, there's a chunk of wood here, and it was, a, I, I wanted this gnome to be sitting on a block, okay? Um, I had a lady come and see it, and he sold already, basically. So wow. I'm, he's just—I'm just waiting for the he rest of the payment. He is gorgeous, gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. yeah. She's she's calling him the fairy guy because to her, oh, he's very heavy. So thanks, honey. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So sometimes, like I say, sometimes I'll see a picture and I'll start with something, and then what happens is, is it just it goes off it in goes. its own direction, mm -hmm. and and. It, it, they turn into who they need to be. <laughs> yes, true. Now I see some of your pieces are quite big and some are smaller. From a business perspective, uh, which are the pieces that tend to sell the most? The small uh, one or the big ones? Uh, I, it's, a, it's a good blend of both, Shahar. Okay, like I say, the small ones, definitely my tipsy ladies and my wine callers, because that's an easy purchase for people to make when they're at you know when when they're just kind of walking around but my big ones like i you know i charge four hundred dollars for my herons and and people will come by and buy them right at an art walk type of stuff so so that's been really exciting um and of course the big ones because i land up putting more into them they take more product they take more time mm -hmm. um and they're also more unique they they can't be duplicated even my herons even though i've done so many of them not one has turned out the, the same the as the same. other one yeah. type of stuff. They're always different. Yeah, that, that's what is fascinating about sculpting. And uh, do you have a lot of herons around where you live? 
Uh, yes, actually, they, there is a natural habitat here for them, and, oh, nice. uh, and we do have them. In, you know, there's a lot of people, and in fact, I even had a student uh, teaching, when I was teaching a student how to make a heron, and she had worked at a rescue center for the herons, and her piece turned out absolutely stunning, and because she had been hands-on with a heron, and you could totally see when she was working on her piece, how that energy got translated into her piece. It was absolutely stunning. Uh, Del's, Del's piece was amazing. That's great. Well, if you, you mentioned that you use social media. Uh, where can people go to check your work? Okay. Um, I have two. I have my website. So my creativefirestudio.ca is my website. Um, and I generally have my classes listed on there. And I really have to apologize that I haven't had a chance to get in there to update it. I mean, here's my, here's the deal is I can be down here in my studio working or I can be on the computer updating my website. So it's my least favorite place to update. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How but, many um, hours a week do you spend sculpting? I try to spend at least a, a day or two a week. Um, because of course I have another business as well too. I do a, I do multi-level marketing as well too. So between the two of them, I, um, yeah, and between family and renovations and grandchildren and all that kind of stuff. So I do. <laughs> and get, and I do, holidays and something else. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, in the ideal world, I would I would have two to three days a week down downstairs in my studio. Does that always happen? No, mm -hmm. um, I have to confess, type of thing. But. Uh, um, ideally, that that would be my perfect day if I could set up. My perfect week would be being down in my studio, creating some pieces of art. The gallery phoning and say, okay, Bev, your pieces have sold. I need three more mm -hmm. um, type of things. So that's my ideal world. So how, how many pieces a year do you think you create? Ooh, wow, that's a really good question, Shahar. Uh, probably 50, 60, maybe 70. Wow, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's so you're yeah, kind of like me. You're always creating something, even yes. though you don't have the time <laughs> that you would yeah. like to have. Well, yeah. and, and what I love about having the gallery, uh, Gossamer Treasures, this is a plug for Gossamer Treasures in Wadman. Um, they're a fabulous little gallery, and she's got amazing things in there. So, uh, And quite honestly, having things sitting in my studio here not being shown by people doesn't do me any good. And so she has no limits of, of how much stuff I can bring her type of stuff. And she's always switching things around. So to have a gallery that will take my pieces on consignment like that has been absolutely a huge boom for me um, to have that. So a highlight in your career so far has been putting your pieces in, in galleries. What has been your biggest challenge in this last three years? Oh, balancing it all, balancing it all, because invariably, and, and I mean, this Christmas, prime example, I missed an opportunity to be in a really good um, Christmas um, uh, festival of trees market, um, just because I didn't have enough pieces ready for the Christmas uh, season, because we got sidetracked with renovating. Mm -hmm. So it's the balancing of everything and, and you know, giving, giving everything its proper time, um, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not easy, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Beverly, anything else you want to say to the artists that are watching you today? And it doesn't have oh, to be about cool. the course. I, um, I'll, you know what? I I'll would give really invite to them to come and watch this class. Mm -hmm. and... and your voice went away. 
and my voice went away. Okay. <laughs> Is it back again? You're back. You're back. Okay, cool. Excellent. Um, I would invite them to come and watch us in the class, okay? If you have already done power pull and, you, and you're afraid to, you know, if you haven't, if you've got that bucket, then certainly come and work alongside us because we are going to go step by step. Um, and just, uh, I invite you to try this medium because it is so much fun. It's such an intuitive medium and it's so versatile. And the sky's the limit. Once you learn the basics of how to work with this medium, I think you're going to be absolutely astounded. And the other thing, Shahar, too, is you have so many artists that do, uh, you know, the, the felting and the weaving and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so much of your other artisans are going to be able to use some of their bits and pieces in what we do here in Powerpool as well, too. Um, I saw an artist yesterday, I just have to t uh, tell you this story, and she's a makeup artist, and she's a powder pull artist, and she went and did a photo shoot of this most amazing headpiece, and she, she literally created a costume for her model out with a powder pull wow. with a makeup artist, like, uh -huh. she's from Hungary, like, it, it was incredible. So, it, I, I, like I said to her, I said, Olga, I feel like you've, you know, like you've married all of the things that I do in this one photo shoot. It was really quite outstanding. Yes. So, the, the possibilities of what's possible with this medium is really quite incredible. And, and I invite everybody to come and watch us and, and just give it a try. See if you don't like it. Yeah, I think it opens quite a bit of possibilities actually for textile artists, like you mentioned, uh, weavers, uh, surface designers, and, and many more that they already love the textile part of it, and now they are going to see what else they create combining those two mediums. So I think it's fantastic, actually. Yeah. Tell me, which city are you in Canada? In Edmonton, up in northern Alberta. Okay, so think about this. She's going to leave Edmonton, Alberta in January to come here to Utah. And I'm going to take her to a bird refugee. We also have some very cool herons around here. And I want you to cool. see, you know, the, the, the bird refugee is impressive here. So I promise I'll take you there when you are here. But Beverly's coming to Utah to teach a course. Uh, on Pave Paul and the sculptures she does, especially for her garden, and she show you some examples. And as usual, you can watch the whole course for free while we are live. So don't forget to go to CuriousMondo.com and you know reserve your spot there so you can get the reminders once she's here. It's going to happen, I think it's the third week of January, if I'm not wrong, correct? Yeah. Yes, 15, and it's going to be super fun. Excuse me? It's 15th, 16th, and 17th, Shahar. So there you go. <laughs> you know better than I do. But more important than that, I think today you got to see a glimpse of the artists and how they create. And we had the chance to see some of her studio and the, piece, the pink flamingo <laughs> in the background, uh, what inspires Beverly. And, you know, what I can say is thank you so much for being here, you can, even when we go offline, you know you can share this with your friends. So if you have friends that are interested in textiles or in sculpting, where they want to combine things, that's the perfect thing. Uh, it's a medium, I, I heard of it before, Beverly, it's not new to me, but it's, I, I didn't know people that 
really were creating art with this medium. And when I started looking, I said, this is amazing. You can create amazing things with this. So thank you for introducing uh, this medium to, to us. And I really look forward for your class in January. Leave Excellent. us with a motivational message for the beginners out there that might be scared to try something new. Oh, um, the name of my studio is Creative Fire, okay? And I know, I know without a doubt that each and every one of us has a creative fire that burns inside of us to be creative. And I think that that's, I'm going to get emotional now because the creative fire is who I've been um, since way back when, a long time ago. And, and, and that's the cool thing is with PowerPole, we can totally tap into that creative fire uh, that burns in each and every one of us. Because I know, I know that we each, everybody has a creative part to their bodies. And whether it's in creating a piece of art or creating a garden or creating food, um, but we all have a creative part. And I invite you to come and explore it with us. Thank you so much. That is so beautiful and so true. We all have the fire and we have to give form to that. So thank you so much for those wor words. And you guys, thank you so much for supporting us and being here with us. Every Tuesday, we bring another artist to highlight and you know talk about their lives and what they create. So make sure you visit our page every Tuesday. We try to go live at 2.30. But of course, we are dealing with a lot of technology. Things are not as easy as they seem. seem. So just be, be here and check it out. But we'll be back next Tuesday with another amazing art that will inspire you to create more. I'm Shahar Boyayan. My guest today was Beverly Oliwa. Did I, I, I think I mentioned the name right this time. And I'll see you back here next Tuesday. <laughs>